0: Live
1: from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's
0: Tony Katz today. Interest rates are being held, not cut. Let's say it again. Held, not cut. I don't know what people were expecting. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if they really believed that the year 2024 would begin and it would be non-stop. Rate cuts on rate cuts on rate cuts on rate cuts. Guys, let's be perfectly clear. This economy is not in a good spot. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Find everything at tonycats.com I would appreciate it if you would. Let me give you some of the basics. First, the, the um, Federal Open Market Committee removed some language. They made some changes. And the removed language indicates a willingness to keep raising interest rates until inflation has been brought under control. The Fed's desire, their fantasy rate is 2%. But there is no plans yet to cut rates with inflation still running above the 2% goal. Where is inflation running? 3.9%. That's where it is. You're talking about double. When it's double, you're not going to have cuts. That's just not going to happen. Let me take that and now let me bring you to something else. PayPal laying off 2,500 workers, 9% of its workforce. Not enough? UPS is laying off 12,000 workers. And we should say not laying off, flat out cutting, baby. Gone. We don't need this anymore. Just cuts. Non-stop and 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 we're not talking about drivers. We're talking about management positions here. People keep wanting to tell you from the administration and from other places That, my gosh, this economy is on fire. I don't know if this tells us on fire. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I sent you the text. I'm like, what does this say to you? And your words exactly, they are true to their word by not not cutting interest rates. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, they indicated over the last 12 months that they believe we are in a new norm, that when the rates went down to zero, that was too low, that it removed all the tools from their toolbox. They couldn't control the economy or control inflation as easily. And if we needed to cut, there was no room to cut when you're at zero. So I believe this is more of a long-term strategy that they said. They told us this was going to be the norm, and I think we're now going to be on a steady path for, for quite some time.
0: But when you talk about steady path, you're not talking about a steady path down. You're talking about a steady path across a horizon that this is just where we're going to hold for a while. And that while could be the entirety of 2024.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, I know the market has a built in rate cut. In fact, multiple rate cuts built in this year. But I am not a, a believer in that. You know, They say that the risks to achieving its employment inflation goals are moving into a better balance. That is their exact phrase. It's in a better balance now. Again, I believe what they're saying when they indicate that this is the norm. We're talking flat. I don't think they're going to be cutting. If they have a cut this year, it might be one. But this is going to be the range. They're not going to go down to zero again like uh, some people would like.
0: Now, this is where people are going to say, but they said, talking to... Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. The Fed said they were looking at three rate cuts in 2024. Then while I'm going to say it this way while you dismissed the minutes of the meeting, the minutes said that anything we said about rate cuts has no relationship to reality whatsoever. We're talking directly out of our butts. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know when we're going to do it. And now you think that... um, that the the Fed by this move right here from the beginning of 2024 this is setting the tone for the year that these are the rates and they will remain.
1: Well okay, yes, but let me explain what you hear some Fed members saying to the media and what you he- see in the minutes of their discussion is not what they put in the report. The report says this. I'm going to quote it. Quote The committee does not expect it will be appropriate to reduce a target rate until it has gained greater confidence in inflation being under control. That's a quote. I mean, we can read the minutes. We can see the news talking heads, members of the Fed board going out there saying things. But the minutes are quoted exactly what I just said. They do not expect it's appropriate to reduce the target rate.
0: The Dow has responded by kind of throwing up down 83 it was up only four the nasdaq had already been down today it's now down 215 as we speak and one of the reasons it was down is that earnings from alphabet which is google and microsoft which is microsoft both did not hit they both engaged uh a, a, a miss um this uh, i i in our conversations, you're a believer that the, part of the massive growth that we've seen in, 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 in the markets is all because of AI. AI this, AI that, AI everything. It, you, you can't swing a cat without hitting some AI. Uh, I would think Alphabet and Microsoft were on top of all this, yet we saw the slide. What do you, what gives in that regard?
1: Well, what, what happened with, the, with um, Alphabet is that they missed their target. They were still up dramatically. I mean, their revenue was going through the roof. What happened is it didn't go in as high as people thought. It was still up significantly, but it just wasn't as high as people thought, and that's what the, um, the, you know, the issue was. I mean, they, had ex- they expanded 26% in the fourth quarter, 26%. Revenue increased 17% last year, 17% for Microsoft, but it didn't go as high as people thought. They've built in too high of expectations. They were good. They were just out of, the, out of the ballpark expectations.
0: And Microsoft?
1: Uh, Microsoft was the 17%, and Google was the 26%. Those so, are good increases.
0: But you created an unrealistic expectation within the marketplace.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. Microsoft, which is, you know, the, the chat GPT, you know, open AI partner, they had revenue increases of 17%. You know, I think the market was expecting something closer to 20 So, yeah, the AI is driving everything, but it's not. It's good,
0: but it's not that good. Now let's move into whether or not this is a good economy or not. And to do that, look, I've been very clear. This is not a good economy. There are more issues than there are good things happening. And while everybody wants to tell me about how things are strong and the markets are on fire, I keep looking at layoffs. I take a look at here in central Indiana, Salesforce, they lay off 700. Then PayPal lays off 2,500. Then UPS, not—it's not even a question of layoff. It's 12,000 job cuts, specifically in management, never to return. Never mind Citigroup that put an end to 20,000 jobs. We see the shedding all over the place yet anecdotally i will tell you that there are people desperate to hire they cannot find a soul so even though these jobs are getting cut we are not necessarily seeing and maybe the numbers will show us differently on friday we're not seeing these people look for other jobs or get other jobs elsewhere this to me signals a problem am i reading the signals properly
1: I would say you're mostly reading them properly, but it's still back to the same discussion you and I have had for the last few months. We still have the great resignation. We are still feeling the impact of people not going back to work. Yes, we still see closures of businesses that have not been able to reopen. You know, we have businesses closed in the pandemic, and Biden has not allowed them to come back in. His economy has not produced the businesses. So we have a shortage of businesses, not as much a shortage of labor. So, I mean, not an abundance of labor. Look at UPS, 12,000 people they lied off, and they are so confident of the tight labor market. They said, you know what, and
0: you're all coming back to work full time in the office. That was a pretty bold statement from UPS. Oh, a massive but- one. That Five days a week, not three days a week, not look, we'll create a split shift. Five days a week, you're back in the office, we're done with this conversation, have a nice day. Has there been a response from the, the rank and file of, now nah, we'll go elsewhere? Or are they showing up?
1: <laughs> um, from what I understand, they're showing up. And remember, this is the same organization that had a massive union fight, and the unions were bragging how great and wonderful they did for their employees, who just got laid off to the tune of twelve thousand people. But there's, if if you got a minute, I got to tell you, there's another important thing here. You talk about the economy not being that good. The Magnificent Seven, the seven top stocks in the S and P five hundred. They made money last year. If you were in the Magnificent Seven, you did great. If you were in the other 493, you actually lost 10% in your portfolio.
0: So I should follow you for all my stock tips and tricks. That's basically what you just, it's time for a newsletter, Dr. Will. I think that's what's coming. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of of Indianapolis. Just a real quick thing on UPS. The deal that was made was made for the drivers and made for the union workers. Everybody who was laid off here is a non-union part of UPS. So there is a difference, a distinction in these things. But I need to move over to one more story. Which I think this is a question of playing out to the future, and that's Evergrande in China. This real estate uh, holding company developer, uh, the amount of debt they're sitting on is somewhere around $408 billion. They've already engaged the defaults, and now there is, through a Hong Kong uh, court, a a liquidation. Evergrande's going out which means Country Garden an equally large a real estate holding developer group that has been building these ridiculous ghost cities and other things will will possibly have the same fate give me the effects of this on the american economy
1: it's it's a domino effect because chinese companies are in portfolios whether you like it or not if you own an index Many of these retirement plans, many of these mutual funds, these ETFs, they contain Chinese stocks because they're in global indices, like it's called the, the acqui it's the, it's the big global index. So you own Chinese stocks whether you want to own them or not. So when you have Evergrande going under, you're going to see a domino effect. It's going to impact them. It's going to impact uh, even companies in China because there is a link between the two economies and investors in the United States. Remember, the Chinese government tried to prevent Evergrande from going under. They failed. The biggest country in the world could not succeed in stopping a company from going bankrupt. But isn't That's that a, not a good sign?
0: Is, is that more of a question of not wanting to? It's, it's China. They have some stockpiles. They could have just propped it up. They, I mean, I would I would argue that it's obvious that they could have. So either... Either they chose not to for other reasons, or I'm mistaken, and they really couldn't. They don't actually have that much cash.
1: It's not that they don't have that much cash. They can print all the money they want, and they've done that in the past. It's This bubble was so big, they did a calculation. The Chinese government decided we either let them go, or we're going to have to cancel and close and bankrupt many more bigger companies. So it was a a pay them now or pay them a lot more later decision that the Chinese Communist Party had
0: to make. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I have more to get to. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today.